we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. We have all heard the term, it's all in your head. It's just all in your head, right? I used to hate when people tell me that. Okay, where else would it be? Ain't that where my brain is? If that's where my brain is, then yeah, it's all in my head. And we still have a problem. I don't want it in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So don't, don't say that like, man, that's just all in your mind. Okay? That doesn't make it any better. If it's in my mind, it's in me. But the only way anything can matter is if your mind says it does. James 1 and 8. A double-minded man is what? He's what? If he's double-minded, he's unstable in what? So this is telling you that your mind controls all your ways. Can we come to that conclusion? If you're double-minded, all your ways are unstable. That means that if something is wrong with your mind, something is wrong with your ways. And not just some ways. All your ways. So don't come telling me it's all in my mind. Brother, that could mess me up real good if it's all in my mind. Amen? Amen. James 1 and 8. Oh, I just read that. As earthly beings, how many of you are earthly beings? Who's not an earthly being? Who's not an, who's a stranger thing? Raise your hand. Somebody sitting in service in the upside down. Your chair is upside down and the room is dark. You know, all this sci-fi, these, these, these folks ain't making this stuff up. You know, I dealt with Dungeon and Dragon demons when I first started in ministry. Casting those out of people. Dungeons and Dragons, that's the game that they base Stranger Things off of. That's the game that created the Upside Down. Well, what it is, is just the parallel universe. It's where the demons live. Instead of the person you casting the demon out sitting there, the demon is sitting there in that realm. And instead of me standing there casting it out, the power of God is standing there. Yeah. That's the altercation that's happening in the upside down or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But they understand that. Demons don't have bodies. So they, in our realm, they need a body to be in to even show their presence. As earthly beings, we have a mind and a heart. How many of you got a mind and a heart? Who doesn't have a mind and a heart? Man, I'm trying to find somebody in here. Who doesn't have a mind? <laughs> they work together to cause us to feel and experience things. Your mind and your heart. Right? And so this is where, and I talked about it in Pharmacos, this is where a lot of your struggles come from as far as emotional issues and, you know, uh, depression, anxiety, and all those kind of things come when your mind and your heart don't match. Yeah, when they don't match and there's a conflict, then it leads to some kind of disorder. When the Bible said lie not against the truth, it's really trying to protect you. Because if you're in line with the truth, then you're going to have better health. Because there's not a conflict between your mind and your heart. Does that make sense? Philippians 4 and 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your what? Hearts and minds. How? Through Christ Jesus. So this is telling you that God's peace is what keeps your hearts and your mind. You know what that's telling me? That's telling me when clamor and unpeace comes, something's going to be wrong with our hearts and our minds. Because the only thing that can keep them is the peace of God that does what? That's smarter than you. That's one thing about God's peace. Had a lady... I talked to the other day, and she followed the ministry for many years. Her daughter had a sudden asthma attack at 21 years old and died just out of nowhere. And I just felt like, you know, felt impressed upon by the Lord to, give, to, to call her. 
Now, I didn't, I've never met her, didn't know her at all, but I called her anyway and uh, prayed with her and her family, her husband, and they were all gathered around the phone, and I prayed for them. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even imagine, 21 years old. And so a couple of days later, she got back with me, and she was saying how she just couldn't believe that I called and took that time or whatever she said. But she says, when, after you called, she said, I don't understand it. It don't make any sense. This is the worst thing that can happen to us. She said, but we have peace. Fast peace that does what? In the midst of the worst thing that can happen. Y'all sitting around, some of y'all worried about money, bills, and whatever. What somebody saying and told you and what you thinking. And these folks, 21-year-old daughter had a sudden asthma attack and passed away. And yet, they're able to have peace. That's beyond our thinking. That's beyond our understanding. That's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. When fear enters us, it enters our minds what? First. Then it begins to work its way into, uh uh-oh. Somebody thought I was going to say hearts. Nope. That ain't what it does. Fear is going to enter your mind first. Then it's going to work its way into your past. Yeah. To make you experience previous fears. Somebody just said, that's so true. I know it's true. That's what fear does. Like an electrical plug. It appears in your mind. Then it goes through your body trying to find an area that you were fearful in once before wants to drudge up your path. Now, we're supposed to be forgiven for our past. We're supposed to be, you know, God is supposed to have put it in the sea of forgetfulness and, you know, gotten rid of it and all that, and the devil will bring it up again. You fully forgiven, and he'll bring it up again because of fear. First John 4 and 18, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. And he that feareth is not made perfect in what? In love. So fear is going to enter your mind and then it's going to work its way through to the old wretched you. Yeah. And then it's going to try to make you pick that cigarette up again. Look for some weed. Hit that fifth of gin again. Yeah. Put on that tight dress or them tight pants. Just depending on what you was delivered from. I don't know. Yeah. It's like the devil get a fishing pole and start fishing in that sea of forgetfulness when fear comes. Yeah. See, because if he can do that, he's erasing forward progress. He's erasing forward progress. Trying to tell you where you thought you were. Well, you ain't there. Oh, yeah, I've been on the wall like this. This is a classic man move right here. All men in here. We, we, we got the forehead mark. Yep. We don't do it in front of the women, though. No, 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 no. We go in a room by ourselves. What am I going to do? Get in front of your woman. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, what is that greasy print on the wall in the, in the, in the, in the closet I just saw? It's an old grease spot in there. <laughs> I don't know, but I know what we going to do. <laughs> Amen. I know I'm telling the truth. That's real stuff right there, man. That's just, that's just man 101. The things we struggle with, things we may have done wrong, the things we are ashamed of are brought up in our minds by the enemy to make us feel what? Now, if God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of 
then the devil has to make you think you're not worthy of those. How does he do that? Bringing up your past. Thing, or bringing up the present things you struggle with. Anybody in here don't struggle with anything? Raise your hand. And then get out. See, that, I, I have to say, because you don't belong in here. You, you, you passed us all. I, I can't get in that line. Amen. Boy, you find stuff in anybody's trash can. We call that the trash can. What's in the trash can? Trash. <laughs> so, the things, all the things in that trash can, the devil's going through unfolding stuff. You crumbled up. Because he wants you to feel unworthy of his power because power is a part of his spirit, which he wants you to have fear, the spirit of fear, where there is no power. You're powerless with the spirit of fear. Well, let me, I'm going to read it again. The things we struggle with, things we may have done wrong, and the things we are ashamed of are brought up in our minds by the enemy to make us feel unworthy of God's power. Romans 3 and 25. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the what? Uh-oh, uh-oh, stop. For the remissions of sins that are what? Past. Remission of sins that are past. But this is the next part. Through the what? For is forward. God putting up with you. Even after remission. I tell people all the time, because they say, well, what happened to the people that died before Jesus died? Did they go to hell before Jesus paid the penalty? No, because his death works both ways in that realm. It's everlasting. He said his mercy endureth forever. It's everlasting. That means, listen. That means that it went forward and backwards. It's saving everybody that's going to save forward, and it's saving everything that was behind it. That's the power of his blood. Okay? So, if that, if that power saves folks before, you think it can't take care of what you're going to do next week? Or what you might do next year going forward? Now listen, Paul said it. That's no excuse for you to go wild out. That ain't what I'm preaching. I'm, I will never say that. But some of us have wild out. And I need to know the forbearance of God. God, did you take care of that? I'm going to stop. But man, that's been since I was saved. Because if I doubt that he did that, I have no power against fear. The devil knows that God's power is the only way to defeat the spirit of fear. So he tries to take it away by making us feel we do not deserve it or cannot access God's power. See, the reason why so many folks are messed up, disenfranchised, emotional issues or whatever, sitting up in church like that is because church took power away. He ain't preaching about the power of the Holy Ghost. They ain't talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. They're not talking about what the Bible talked about. They're talking about old cotton candy, now latest, all the nice stuff. Oh, Jesus, isn't he sweet? He's sweeter than honey, just, I just all of that. We don't want to deal with demons. But if you're going to talk about the power, you got to talk about demons. If you're going to talk about the power, you got to talk about the devil. Because that's what we have power over. So, we got power. What did he say about serpents? What did he say? What did he say about serpents? We, we had the power to do what? Uh, did, did Jesus see some snakes? Did he see snakes coming in, in the church? What do we have the power to do? We had the power to do what? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's power. We preach the power in here, Jack, because it takes some power to keep G. Craig safe. I don't know about y'all. Maybe y'all got very good. I don't know. Maybe you're strong. I need God's power. I deal with devils. I deal with demons. I need some power. So the devil knows God's power is the only way to defeat the spirit of fear. So he comes in and he tries to get the power out. 
so that when fear comes, you go get medicated for it. You go get pharmacos for it. Did I say there were snakes? What's the symbol for pharmacy? The devil knows, so he tries to take it away, making us feel we do not deserve it or cannot access it. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, let us therefore come what? Boldly. Now, here's where folks mess up. They try to use this boldly like, <laughs> like we something special. That's not what he means. That's not what this passage is saying, and you'll know what it's saying if you keep reading. He said, come therefore boldly unto the throne of what? <laughs> So you ain't going to the throne of God boldly, Lord, I need a car. It ain't got nothing to do with this passage. Come in, but they taught us that on TV. Go boldly and ask for it, Lord, you know I'm driving a bucket. (laughs) Yeah, they used to tell us that. Have us, man, have your car payment so high because you went boldly. (laughs) That interest rate was bold, too. <laughs> and that payment becoming boldly. <laughs> yes, it does. Mailman be, <laughs> bold. He came boldly. Mm. <laughs> but the devil knows that, the, that God's power is the only way, so... The scripture tells us, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of what? Grace that we may obtain what? Mercy and find what? Grace in the time of need. So this is a whole different posture than what you think it is. You coming boldly on the floor. <laughs> See, you coming boldly just by showing up to God. That's bold after what you just did. I pre- man, that's what he's saying. After what you just did, you got the nerve to come in here? You done creeped and slid and with the gorilla crawled your way in just because of what you did. And you should. And you just want some grace and some mercy in the time of what? Need. Anybody need grace and mercy? These are evil imaginations planted in our minds. By the enemy to promote what? What? Fear and doubt. They're evil imaginations. They're not, they're not pure. They're evil imaginations. And they've been planted in your mind by the enemy to make you have fear and have doubt. Okay? Yeah. Now, you know, it's, we have what, roughly 500 members or 500 folks shuttling through here. We don't know who's member and who's what. Round that number, though, come on Sundays or whatever. And then we have, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of followers just all over the world. Right? That's EX Ministry. That's ABC. That's just what it is, okay? So because I elect to preach truth without compromise, I'm very visible. Right? Just, just a very visible individual. And so interacting with people from all these places, doing all these things or whatever, I wish I had a flawless success rate. But I don't. See, you don't need to be here if you think I'm not human. I misinterpret things that people say. I misinterpret people's intentions sometimes. My intention sometimes gets misinterpreted. I error. I fall. I make mistakes. But somebody, I don't understand. I'm trying to help you with this. That's why I'm not on stage. That's why I'm always in the crowd, because I'm just like you. Okay? Now, anybody that ain't going done what I just said, don't clap. But me, G, ain't no way in the world I can deal with that amount of people be that visible not have error not have made mistakes bad judgments but what I do I deal with myself okay that might be the thing I deal with myself sometimes immediately sometimes it takes some time for the Lord to tap me on my shoulder and I ignored him 
Kept going. Hey, hey, ignore it. Kept going. Then sometimes it blows up in my face and then I have to deal with it. Or most of the time, I just deal with myself. Yeah, I call the elders. I say, hey, I ain't going to be preaching for a while. Let me deal with me. I ain't talking about no far back. I'm talking about since I've been doing this. And I just get with my wife and I tell her what's going on. I tell her how I'm feeling, whatever. And we come up with a plan to restore the human side of me. Look at people. You, you should see the looks. If I was that cold, I'd just float out of here after this message. But what that does, it does good things because it makes me understand you when you come to me. Okay? So I grew up in a hierarchy that had, you know, the, the pomp and the untouchables. <laughs> Elliot Ness them, you know, just untouchable, better than everyone, you know, going with the, uh, I guess, just pompous. And so that's when I decided and made, when I was traveling doing the experience, I just made my own decision. You know what? I'm just going to walk this thing out humanly. I mean, I'm not going to lift myself up because people want to hear me. For two reasons. One, I can't handle that kind of pressure. And two, I shouldn't be talking about me anyway. So I should be pointing people to God. And I should be pointing people to God while a finger is pointing at me. I can't get amen. Folks, I don't know. I'm just letting you know that that's, that's the way it is with everyone. But pastor, you be just exposing. Yes, I, yes, I do get on folks that get the word that ain't doing what the, pre- preaching what the word say. That's my job. It's been my job for 20 some years and I'm going to keep doing it until Jesus retire me. Amen. Amen. But I ain't going in people's personal lives and preaching because I have to allow them to have the time to deal with themselves. If you can't make the difference, you already have a problem. Can I preach in here? Amen. So we got to realize imaginations. The devil will plant imaginations in your mind to make you fear and doubt. And the devil always fights where? In the battlefield of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. In the battlefield of your mind. So if I told somebody the wrong thing, if I hurt somebody's feeling, you may be sitting in here feeling some kind of way. Uh, maybe I made a mistake. Most, you know, I'm, I, I probably didn't. <laughs> it's just hard. It's hard for a man preaching a patriarchal doctrine in a matriarchal society. I sound like a ravening lunatic to men that grew up without strong fathers. Had men in here tell me that. Like, man, you, you know, when you speak, it's just hard, coy. You just, oh, it just rubs me the wrong way or whatever. They say, but I want that because that, that's what was missing. All right, so just go on and do it and let me deal with it instead of me quitting. And, he yelled it at me. I'm pretty hardcore. My daddy was hardcore. Me, my mom was, I grew up where folks got in my face and told me what I'm supposed to do. But that's what it is. If, if, I, if, my, if I'm preaching hardcore in a time where they trying to put dresses on men, tampon commercial with men in it. Yeah, that's the time we're living in now. Panty-wearing men can't stand up. So when they hear my voice, Ooh. and there's something wrong with me, Because I'm trying to get men to take that correct position in their homes so that they can cover their wives and their children and protect them from this end-time foolishness that we all going through. Is anybody with me? Hey, man, man. You know. My wife tells me all the time, boy, you better not ever apologize for what God told you to do. 
That's what my woman tells me. Don't you apologize for what God told you to do? Because some folk can't do it? Ephesians 6 and 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Against what? Against what? And against what? Some folks still saying power. I'm way down to the high places. (laughs) All of that. (laughs) All of that. Well, (laughs) I'm reading all of that because all of that is letting you know it's in your mind. It's not physical. It may use a physical vehicle. It may use a mouth and a voice and some hands and an earthly mind. But that's not where it's coming from. The Bible tells you it's not flesh and blood. You're dealing with principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness. Where? High places. Had my finger on the sin button on the Kanye thing. After we had done the video, the interview and everything, and I'm standing there getting ready to upload it, and my finger's on the sin, and I just did not want to press it. Spirit of fear came over me. I was scared. Can I just be honest? I was scared. Scared. Just sitting there, scared. Some of y'all will never understand that. You don't know what I deal with. You'll never understand it. I'm sitting there because I know when I hit this button, everything is about to change. Everything. Everything. Because this, what's going, this deception, this level of deception is bigger than anything I've ever dealt with. Ever. So I'm sitting there just holding the, just like, I, I came and I talked to my wife. I just, I just did not want to send, I just like, man, when I do this, they coming for me. But you know what I did? I hit it. You know why? What does my life matter anyway? I'm sitting up here thinking about my life and all these thousands of people in darkness that need light, and I'm going to withhold the light because of how I feel. Thousands, thousands of views, 340,000 people, not counting all of those that copied it and pasted it and moved it. And out of all of those, I would honestly say maybe 80 to 85% were people who would have been lost if they didn't have that truth. Because you might as well. I told Will this morning, he was like, man, how bad you think, was, you think it's going to be? I said, bro, you better get ready. Turn that hourglass over twice. And watch what's getting ready to happen. Watch what he does. Watch what he's going to do. I know my orders. I know my call. And when it hurts, when it's painful, when it's scary, I'm going to do it anyway. Our mind must be transformed by God and not what? Conditioned by the world. That's the problem. People's minds are conditioned by the world. They're used to looking at celebrities. They're so used and conditioned by watching celebrities that they want all the celebrities saved. Not because they want to see souls saved. People that's arguing with me about Kanye ain't trying to see souls saved or they'd be somewhere ministering about saving souls. But they argued with me about don't that tell you everything? 
No, they want a celebrity saved. Because if a celebrity gets saved, then that goes with the new world order. The new age mindset. How everyone can have God and continue to do what they're doing. How do you have God in pride and arrogance? How do you have God and always still talking about what you want to be and what you going to do? How do you have God and talk about going to be president? And I'm still the greatest human. Greatest entertainer that ever. How are you going to have God saying stuff like that? Does that even match? What are we talking about here? Yeah, and so they're conditioned by celebrity. They're conditioned by TV. So when the truth comes, I sound like something wrong. So something's wrong with me and I'm judging. What if somebody judge you like that? What if you just Brother, I ain't sitting up here trying to be something. I ain't selling shirts with white Jesus on one sleeve, black Jesus on the other for $300. Our minds must be transformed by God and not conditioned by the world. When we have a worldly or societal-based mindset, Fear can attack us, attack us and defeat us. Yeah. So if you're not thinking spiritually, fear can get you. You're thinking with a worldly mindset. What is the worldly mindset? Ah, just watch the TV shows, watch the movies, watch the commercials. What is the world doing? They're emasculating the man and lifting up the woman. That's the worldly mindset. Every time you see a picture of Kanye and Kim, Kanye's in the background. He's always behind her. You think this don't have nothing to do with her? See, anybody want to go there? 150 million Instagram followers, the most of any other female entertainer. She has so many, he got off social media because he couldn't compete. His wasn't adding up like that. Yeah. Kardashian. You think she didn't have, you think her influence witchcraft ain't, what in the world? God showed me this 20 years ago, and he told me the only way to combat this is for the man to stand up in his home and be the head of his house. How can you spoil a man's goods unless you first do what? Find the strong. Then his goods will be spoiled. When we think on our past, our errors, our failures, and focus on our own mistakes, we fear that we're not worthy of God's mercy. Anybody ever done that? Especially after you did it five times? How about ten times? 55 out of 20. 20, 20, 25, 30. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 50. And 50, 50, 55, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, and God's grace and mercy covered you through that whole thing and brought you to where you are right now. So you didn't want to go to no church where folks going to sugarcoat that stuff. You'll be right back out there wilding. You need a loud mouth every Sunday yelling. You don't need no church run by women. Women on the stage, women in the audience, women in the back, women, just women, 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 everywhere, women. Because you know what that does to the church? That just kills accountability. Because women go, oh, come get in the bosom. Lay your head in the, come on, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Even when they try to be hardcore. We hardcore preaching holiness, whatever. Go on and sing, choir, choir director. (laughs) 
am I, did I just tell the truth? Am I telling the truth? Hardcore. We, we believe in holiness. Holiness. Holiness of hell. It's holiness of hell. God is seen. That's her nephew. That's her nephew. She can't put him out because that's her nephew and she's a woman. <laughs> but if it's the uncle, I love you. But you better get somewhere and sit down. Till you cut them nails. <laughs> Scratching the ceiling. Speak all scratched up. <laughs> but it's, is it the truth? Yeah, so you, man, it took, you're trying to get delivered. You can't be around all that passivity. You don't need no more emotional stuff. You need somebody to hold you accountable. Amen. And I told the Lord, when I started pastoring, I said, God, I don't want to be like one of those pastors. I want to be able to hold myself accountable. I want to do, I, I, I told you that a long time ago. I will sit by myself. I, I sit myself down. Yeah, when I have to deal with myself. But then I had another issue because of my childhood and different things that I went through and things went, y'all remember sins of the father? And I had to apologize to my wife because it's impossible for me to do what I was trying to do. I was trying to hold myself to a level of accountability without her. And it wasn't working until I brought her into it. But that's something I had to learn. And I had to have grace and mercy up to that point. That was two years ago. Can I preach in this place? I, I know I'll preach that. And you know one thing I know? You know one thing I know? I, mean, I, I know this. And I said, I'm thinking about it all the time. I know I got some real men in here with me. I, I, I told the Lord, I ain't pastor no church full of women. If it ain't going to be filled with good, strong men, I don't want to be there. And I know I got some men in here that are some men. Amen. You ain't getting handled on the way to the car. And because I talked to my wife, because we had a relationship, that don't make me look weak. That makes me look smart. Because I don't have her eyes. I wish. She'll tell me all the time, uh-uh, uh-uh, nope, nope. Don't hug her like that. Am I telling you? Oh, nope, get up, nope, nope, don't, don't do that, no. You're like, but I mean, it just, she just, next Sunday I get molested. She like, see, didn't I tell you? Like, I have to peel off of me, just. <laughs> she told me. <laughs> But I don't know. You know, you, some women look at you like a celebrity, and you just got to be careful. And you know me. I'm just walking through the crowd. <laughs> I, I, I'm just happy to be alive, and I love playing the keyboard. I get off the keyboard. I'm like, ah. It's just a game to me. <laughs> and y'all laughing at me, but all men are like that. Don't you trip. All of us are like that. Oh, look, women clapping. Yeah. <laughs> But all, all men are like that, y'all. We just, sometimes we just don't see. God looked at man and said, you know what? If I leave you alone. There's going to be some problems down there. When we think on our past and errors and failures and focus on our own mistakes, we fear we're not worthy of God's mercy. We forget he is all-powerful, all-loving, and this is the good one. He's the greatest protector of all times. God is the greatest. If we're, protect, if we're providers, protectors, and priests of our home, don't you know God is provider, protector, and priest of us? Would nobody make it? Without his protection. Oh, I'm preaching now. Nobody. Look at somebody and say, you wouldn't make it without his protection. He's the greatest protector and preserver of all times. But we forget it. We forget that when we're in trouble. Or we forget that when we're going through. We forget that when the devil is after us. 
We forget that when we're fighting and all that. We just forget who's on our side. If he be for us, then what? Who can be against us? Because no one's greater. Philippians 4 and 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? So why are you thinking on your past and error, thinking on the stuff the devil's bringing up when the Bible's telling you what, you, what to think about? You should be thinking about what's going on right now, what he did for you, bringing you out of all of that. Because if you think about him bringing you out of all of that, you got a reference for him bringing you out of what you're going through right now. Amen? God is not carrying our past around. If anybody's carrying your past around, you know it's not God. That goes against what he said. So I know it's not God. So if you're carrying it around, then you must be with the devil. Because the, only the devil does that. The enemy wants to cloud your mind with failures so that you will, what? You label yourself. But God know, knew your failures, errors, and mistakes before he ever called on you. How can an all-seeing, all-knowing God not know that? Don't think God knew you was crazy? He knew your parents. He knew your upbringing, your neighborhood. He knew all of that before he ever called on you. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before I formed thee in the belly, I what? Before you was ever made. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I did what? Sanctify. And I ordained thee a what? Now, you better understand this ain't a message for you to go wild. Because people that take it like that aren't called anyway. People looking for license to wild out, then you don't love God anyway. So he said, before you were even born, I knew you. Why? God is in a timeless realm to where your beginning and your end is side by side. See, somebody like, I don't quite understand that. You're not God. I get tired of these belief systems that are raising up where folks trying to understand too much. Uh-oh. Yeah, they try to understand too much. But you better leave some stuff to the, to, to the wisdom of God, who, who has the mind of God. Some things we're just not going to understand. I don't understand that Jesus' death going forwards and backwards. That makes no sense to my logical mind. I just trust that God, that it happened because he's all powerful. I got some questions for him when I get over there. But probably when I get over there, I ain't going to even care. I'm going to have one soul. How I got over. Soul looks back. Lord going to be like, you've been singing that song for a hundred years, man. When you go, you don't have another one. I don't need another one. How I got over. Over. Soul looks back in wonder. Where the studio room so we can remix it, Lord. Summary! Man, there's some good stuff, right? Yeah. The devil is a what? What is he? A deceit. But because he's not a physical being in our realm, he has to do what? Lord have mercy. He's got to work through people. He just has to. Folks you know, folks you love, folks you used to love, folks in your family. Folks in your, amen. That's, 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 he's not a physical being, so he has to work through people. And most of the time, the person he chooses to use, though, is who? You. We think he's working through people, and he's really using us. Oh, man. He's using you. Your eyes watched it. Your hands did it. Your heart was set toward it. It's you. The devil wants to set up camp in your mind. Every failure, every sin, every bad thing that you have ever done is in a file in your mind that the devil has access to. 
This is why sin cannot dwell in your life. So for all those folks, that say, well, I guess I can just sin because God going to forgive me. No, you don't understand. Sin can't dwell in your life because it gives the devil access to these files. You got to understand what a stronghold is. A stronghold, I've explained it before, in your mind. It's a stronghold, a place where the devil goes in your mind and puts up a rock to protect himself. He's living in there when you're in sin. And in that place is all your sin. This is why sin can't dwell in you. It gives the devil access to these files and he will use them to make you feel unworthy of God's grace and mercy. This is deception at its finest for you to walk around unforgiven. That's why the Catholic church is so big. That's why they make so much money. They have billions and billions of dollars because folks can't get past their sins. They got to go talk to the priest, pay him. Sin is a business for them. But the the, the purgatory, all that, you got to pay for that. Pay to get folks out of hell. Like, man, if I pay you to get somebody out of here, you better bring them here and let me see a smoking skull. That's my receipt. (laughs) God is all-knowing. He's alpha and omega, meaning he had to know your faults and where you would struggle before he chose you. Y'all, I'm setting some people free today. When we choose, when he chose you to be a leader of your home, teacher of your children, servant of Christ, he knew how bad you were, but listen to this, and he knew all the errors you would make even after you chose him. Some preachers scared to preach that. I grew up where everybody had to appear perfect in church. Like, once you come to Christ, I got the Holy Ghost. I don't sin no more. Oh, ain't never, no evil, no, whatever. But they want your husband come to church. Where are your kids? All that perfection. Let's ask them. Because every time you get up and say it, oh, I know evil, they be sitting there like, and he's just two in the car seat. And I didn't understand that. So when I had gotten saved at a very young age, but then I messed up, I thought I was reprobated. I told y'all that before. And I was just, I would dream of the devil coming and getting me and taking me to hell. I was in torment because they made me think that because I went back and did something, I had blown it. When he chose you to be the leader of your home, the teacher of your children, servant of Christ, he knew how bad you were, and he knew all the errors you'd make even after you chose him. We're not talking about a human mind, y'all. We're talking about the mind of God, how Jesus' death was powerful enough to cover any sin that is confessed and what? Repented of. So the Lord began to deal with me about this and tell me a lot of the people that you're speaking to have unrepented sin which is fair game for the enemy. It's still alive, and it needs to be dealt with. Oh, I I see. It's unrepentant, meaning you've made it a part of you. Jesus' death is powerful enough to cover any sin, fix any sin that you confess and repent of. If it's unrepentant, you need to deal with it, or it's going to keep drawing the enemy to you. It's like leaving a crack, a door cracked open. Boy, folks ain't trying to hear this message. What's wrong with y'all? Folk convicted. He go home and close that door. How you got to do it at home? (laughs) But we're not talking about the human mind. We're talking about the mind of God. How Jesus' death was powerful enough to cover any sin that is confessed and repented of. Yet and still, the devil seeks to come and make you imagine That because you failed, you are a failure. Because you lied, you are a liar. Because you sinned, you are a sinner. Because you quit, you are a quitter. Because you got weak, you are a weakling. But look at somebody and say, God has the last say. 
Yeah, I quit because I got scared. Yeah, I quit. Yeah, but you know what? God has restored me. Yeah, I may have lied back then. Yeah, I may have. Cop was in my face. I didn't know what to say. Is this your vehicle? No. What's your name? Uh, Sarah Lee. And the devil wants to label you because you did that. That's who you are now. But God has the last say. You will be who God said you would be. And he did, wait, listen, he did not just declare it, but he promised to be there to make sure you achieve it. What do you think I will never leave you nor forsake you means? He's not going anywhere. God always finishes what he starts. And none of us are powerful enough to mess it up. Amen. Psalms 103 and 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and what? He will not always hide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He gets mad, but he's not going to keep it forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. You know how I know? Because you're still living. You're still here. So he hasn't dealt with you after your sins. And he hasn't rewarded you according to your iniquities. Because the payment for all those is death. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that what? Fear him. Oh, as far as the east is, from the west, so far hath he done what? Removed our transgressions from us. He ain't carrying them around if he removed them as far as the east is from the west. I mean, some of y'all had some serious mistakes you made. You did some stuff that's repulsive. God is not carrying that around. As far as east is to the west. The only one, the only being that carries that around is the devil. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord does what? Pitieth them that what? Do you throw your children away because they won't do right? It's the last beating. Three beatings, no more. Because you just won't act right. Anybody treat their children like that? It's the hundredth time, boy. I'm tired of this. Then you're in there cooking for him. Making him some ramen noodles. I'm preaching. I, I, hey. And it'd be different if I was telling my opinion. Y'all, this stuff is written in the Bible. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth he knows what he made. What manufacturer don't know what they made? He knows what he made. He knows your frame. He knows exactly what he made. And he said it was good what he made. It's got some bad ways about it. But he knows what he made. You ain't surprising God. He knows our frame. And he remembereth that we are what? But as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is what? His what? Mercy toward them that fear him. Everyone stand to your feet. Spirit of fear, come on up. Just come on. Whoever it is, let's, get to, let's just leave fear out of here. Get it out. I need to not be afraid. I need to do what God told me to do. I just need to not be afraid. Come on. Whoever, just come up. Y'all, this is, you know, a person emailed me, I want to say last week, but they were saying that we need to quit calling it church and start calling it God's house. Because 
of the, you know, the perversion with Sunday service and Kanye and church and, you know, the world, the way the world is now looking at church, which the world has viewed church weird anyway, but now especially just, it's just kind of lost. You know what I'm saying? So it makes sense. I, I, I mean, I, I understand the concept. I mean, I don't know, you know, but I understand God's house and it being called God's house and Jesus being upset when it stopped being like his house. And he walked in and turned over tables and said, y'all just thieves in here. And this is supposed to be the house of prayer. It's supposed to be my house, my dwelling place. And so I understand that. But the reason why I brought that up is because I want y'all to understand something. This is God's house. Okay? We have church in here. But this is God's house. Okay? Now, I know like, people like to use semantics and try to, you know, hey, you know, well, the church is us. And blah, blah, blah. Man, whenever we come in here, we in God's house. Okay? You can say it however you want, but when Jesus flipped the table, he didn't run by individuals and tell them that this money is hurting each one of your bodies. He talked about the building where everyone was. And that's where we are. So because this is God's house, it is a house of prayer. So prayers in here can be answered because it's his house. So when I call you up like this, it's an illustration of how his power is in here among us collectively so that you can get what you came up here for. You understand what I'm saying? So this isn't just a ritual or something, you know, whatever. This is, re this is real. So you come up here and receive from God what you want. So we can just rebuke the spirit of fear and not be afraid anymore. In this end time, as things get really, really bad, we can just not be afraid. Amen? Everyone bow your heads. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for each and every person that has come up here, including myself, God, just dealing with this spirit and these attacks of the enemy in this end time and people attacking the truth and people lying against the truth and people just more focused on argument than they are true salvation and atonement and people actually being helped. God, we are in that time right now. Truth is scarce. It's hard to find. And so it brings fear sometimes to us, God, because we just don't really understand how bad it's going to get. We don't know. and Just those kind of thoughts. And then the enemy attacking us personally in our lives and attacking us through some of our actions and thoughts and concerns and the enemy just coming on our jobs and, you know, just attacking us on, at work, attacking us through family, attacking us through situations that's happening even in our, our, with our own children. Just all these fears and different things that are coming in this end time, Lord. I pray right now that you would, Father God, help us all with power, love, and a sound mind. You did not give us the spirit of fear, so we rebuke the spirit of fear right now. We speak right now with power and authority, and we call out the spirit of fear, and we cast out the spirit of fear, that it will not be over our families, that it will not be over our children, and that it will not reign in us. God, we will not take down, but we will stand for you no matter what. And we will not give fear any place in us. But Father God, you gave us the power of the Holy Ghost to tread upon serpents. So every evil, every snake, every spirit of a snake, every python, Leviathan, every spirit of snake, we cast out right now with the power of your Holy Ghost. And Father God, those in here that are corrupted and their hearts are so wretched and they are just so disenchanted, they're just so disdained with all that has happened to them that they would sit up in here under this word and go and sow discord. We pray for them right now that your love will cover their hearts, that your love will reach them. Let them know, God, they haven't gone too far. You can still, God, 
change their hearts. You can still, Lord, preserve them. So I pray right now, Father God, that you will keep your hand on ABC and every member that is in here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hug somebody and tell them I'm not afraid. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com.